I kept beating myself up repeatedly because I was like, I had to have done something for God to allow this horrible thing to happen to me. Mm -hmm. And and, and, and we have to get out of that mindset because at the end of the day, like I said, everything works out for your good. Everything works out for your good. And God uses that pain to shape you and to mold you in a sense to get you to be or get you to transform into who he needs you to be for the kingdom. Hey, family, I'm Lexi B and you're doing life with Lakeisha on Living Her Truth. Welcome to the Living Her Truth podcast, where we have honest conversations about what it means to live a purpose-driven life. I am your host, Lakeisha Wooder from LakeishaWooder.com, the place where women receive the tools necessary to feel seen, heard, and supported while pursuing their purpose. And now every week, you'll learn those same tools through candid and transparent conversations. Hey family, welcome to another episode. I am so excited that you are here. I do not take it lightly that you decide to hit that play button and spend about an hour of your time with me. So with that being said, I want you to know that I'm 100% invested in your self-awareness journey. So you better believe that every week I'm bringing my A-game for providing you the tools necessary to live a more fulfilled, purpose-driven life. So family, I want to remind you to please take a moment to leave a five-star rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. As you know, I set a lot to go to touch one million hearts within the first two years, and I can only do it with your help. So please remember to download each episode, share the conversation with at least four people you know, and repost on your favorite social media platform. Also, don't forget to click the join community link that's in the show notes so we can stay connected and continue the conversation. So today is week four of our Strategize Your Vision series. In case this is your first time listening to Living Her Truth, let me brief you to catch you up, okay? Now, this series is based on my master life class, Strategize Your Vision. And this is a class which I teach you the step-by-step formula for building a rock-solid strategy to manifest your vision. So for the next eight weeks, we're going to continue the conversation about the blessing in embracing your purpose and how your mental wellness, safety and security, personal development, personal growth, spirituality, and faith and support team building, how all these things plays a part in your decision to operate in purpose. Now, in week one, I laid the groundwork for the, you know, for the the 12 weeks and went deep into purpose, what it means, why it's important, and the impact it will have on your life. And then in week two, we talked about how to recalibrate the most valuable tool that we have, our brain, so we can identify purpose-driven opportunities so we can manifest the life that we want and then take action, okay? So it's one thing to notice the opportunities, but then we have to take action. Execution is important for manifestation. Now, last week, we talked about what the process can look like for operating in purpose with actionable steps 
and mindset resets you can implement immediately. So if you miss any of these episodes, go back and listen and then listen a second time <laughs> so you can take notes. And don't forget to tag me on social media at Lakeisha Wooder to let me know your greatest takeaway from the conversations. I have so many amazing conversations coming up. So you definitely want to come back every single week. Now, we all know that the road to our destiny, you know, to our purpose will not be easy without challenges and struggles. Hell, 2020 provided that for us, right? But despite this fact, you know, you've heard over and over again to enjoy the journey or trust the process or have patience. And I know you definitely heard this in the definitely last week's episode for sure. And the truth is, it's really hard to do so when you have one curveball after another, after another, after another thrown at you. And it just seems like you never catch a break. Our negative experiences tend to weigh heavier on our emotions and stick around way longer in our hearts and in our minds, which leads to our actions being infected with doubt and disease. So Today's conversation is a great example of how you can turn your pain into purpose and use your pain to power your dreams without shame or being defined by your pain. My girl Lexi has such a powerful testimony and you will walk away blessed and encouraged. If you don't believe me, let me formally introduce Lexi to you so you can understand what I mean. Lexi B is a faith-based inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and podcast host. As a trauma survivor and mental health advocate, Lexi inspires women to take charge of their stories. She uses her Christian mental and health podcast, God Plus Girl, to teach women how to turn their pain into power and purpose by understanding three things. One, why God loves you. Two, how God loves you. And three, what that love means for you. Lexi also enjoys serving the world through Godly and Ghetto, a Christian lifestyle apparel brand. Here she teaches how to discover relationships with God without the pressure of perfection. As she began to follow her purpose, Lexi found herself sharing her personal healing struggles after contracting HIV from an abusive ex to motivate and inspire others. After realizing self-doubt was a common issue among trauma survivors, she made it her mission to help women connect a strong faith to strong self-worth in an effort to heal from their past and ultimately walk in their God-given purpose. Lexi B uses her life and testimony to showcase that all things truly work out for your good. Well, family, I hope you're ready to dive into this conversation with Lexi B. Lexi, thank you so much for saying yes to having this conversation with me today. No problem. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. I'm excited too. But after we had our phone conversation and then I listened to a few episodes of your podcast, it was inevitable for you to be on the podcast for us to have this this conversation. Uh, Before I even talk more about that, you know, I like to start off every conversation with just talking about how I come to know the person that Mm -hmm. I'm speaking with. And so you guys, let me back it up a little bit because I know Lexi, because I pitched to be on 
Lexi's podcast. I did some research because as a business owner, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, pitching is something that you need to get comfortable with doing. These opportunities, (laughs) you know, these entrepreneurs out here who have these six figure months, these million dollar years, it's because they're pitching themselves for Mm -hmm. opportunities. So let me just give you the plug right there. And so I did some research on different podcasts um, that I wanted to be on. And so I pitched to be on Lexi's podcast because her podcast, tell them, girl, tell them the name of your podcast. So my podcast is called God Plus Girl. And basically the whole gist of it is to help women increase in their faith and their self-worth. So yeah, it, we talk about all types of different subjects, uh, personal, spiritual. And I usually just share a bunch of my personal testimony and my my personal mm-hmm. stories just to show that it's not an easy journey and you are not in this alone. Absolutely. So when I when I found a podcast, I was just like, God plus girl. Yes, God plus girl plus Keisha, because <laughs> we, we in agreement in in this thing, you know. I, I don't know. I'm still, even though I'm a podcaster, I'm still a little, a little new to the to the podcast world. Mm-hmm. So I haven't ran across too many podcasts that is just like focused on faith. And so that's what really, you know, that's what really stood out to me. And then when I, you know, read a little bit about your, your backstory, I was just like, okay, yeah. And so reached out and Lexi and I ended up on a phone call and you know how phone calls go, well, you probably don't know, you just listening because we haven't been on a phone call. But let me tell you something, phone calls with me, it turned into like good girlfriend conversation. For I, real. <laughs> it was like we had known each other for years. For years. <laughs> Catching up. Hey family, quick announcement. If you're ready to go deeper and would love to continue the conversation outside the podcast, then I have something just for you. I'm creating a safe, judgment-free zone community of like-minded people to grow and build the support team that's needed to operate in purpose. If you want to join me, then please click the join community link that's in the show notes so we can partner together on your self-awareness journey. I am so looking forward to getting to know you and to deep dive into your purpose so you can make an impact on the world. All right. So don't forget to click the link that's in the show notes. Now back to the conversation. (laughs) So it was so cool, but that's what happens when you are talking to amazing people. And you're amazing. Have you heard that yet? Today? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I have not, but thank you, girl. You're amazing too. I, I'm just, I'm really honored. Like, I, I love what you do with your podcast as well. Like bringing other women on, bringing other people on again to share their toast, their testimony is just so powerful. So I applaud you for that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I saw, I saw a need with clients because you guys know I have a um, self-awareness coaching business and I share a lot about my story surviving sexual abuse and women were under the perception that I only worked with other women who have been sexually abused and that's Mm -hmm. not the case at all I just share my story because I want people to know that it doesn't matter what you've gone through where you came from you can still operate in purpose there's still a purpose and a calling on your life so that's why I share my story and to also motivate women to encourage women because there's a lot of women out there who are still suffering from 
being sexually abused as a child. Right. So it's my way. So I'm like, you know, on the podcast, I can bring on other people to share their testimonies and share their stories so mm-hmm. people can see themselves in other people because yes, yes. maybe you wasn't sexually abused, but you've right. gone through some type of traumatic experience. So some type of trauma. We've all gone through some type of trauma. We've all gone through some type some type of trauma. And and 2020 <laughs> if we had it before 2020 2020 got you good got 2020 snuck up on you for real <laughs> 2020 got you got you all the way together with that so you can definitely check that off your list like oh you think you 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 mentally healthy <laughs> check again <laughs> let me test that <laughs> let me test that let me test that there that theory right so, um yeah but just falling in line with why I started this particular uh, platform, your story just falls right in line. I'm, you know, just, I'm just admired by your courage and your transparency. Cause you guys, y'all know that I'm transparent, but Lexi is real transparent. And so <laughs> I really want to uh, talk about and get into, you know, her story today. So, you know, I want you to talk about the day that you found out that she was HIV positive. Now, I do recognize that we have come a long way since HIV first hit the scene, right? People are living long, healthy, beautiful lives. Mm -hmm. And so, I don't know. Um, I I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like because people live so long that there's really not a sting or, or maybe it is still a stigma. I don't know. Oh, there is definitely a lot of stigma still surrounding. And that's kind of why I actually went public with it. But the day that I found out, um, it was still, it still felt like a death sentence. You don't really think about how far you've come because you don't know it. Like me personally, I knew no one who was HIV positive. I knew no one who was living healthily and happily with it. And so everything that I had seen up to this point is like, you get sick and then you can't do this. You can't do that. You have, you know, there was so much surrounding it that I was, I was afraid of it. And I remember the day, like, I remember it perfectly. I remember going, I went to Planned Parenthood. I was in Florida. Um, I had moved halfway across the country um, with my son's father to live in Florida while he went to school. And so I was down there by myself and I was in Planned Parenthood. I remember waiting just for so long. And I'm, you know, me being me being naive, I was just thinking, you know, nothing's wrong. They were taking a long time, but I was getting a little worried because this is the longest I have ever set to wait for results. And so I remember, you know, going back and then it was two nurses sitting in um, like a, like a conference room in the back of Planned Parenthood. And they just told me that it came back reactive. So when you get an HIV test, they do like a first, a like preliminary, just to see if you have the, the antibody or the virus in your system, but then they have to then send it off to go get um, tested by the state lab, I believe. And the state has to then return, give them the results. So, you know, they're quote unquote official. And so basically, you know, I was at, they explained that process to me and I'm like, okay, so I still had hope. I still had, you know, some kind of hope, some kind of faith. And I was like, okay, well, if 
we do, you know, if it does come back, you know, it's reactive now, how likely is it that you send it off and we'll get something negative back? And they basically told me it's not likely. Um, usually when it's reactive, that means that it is a definite positive, but it's just a precaution that they have to do um, to make sure that, you know, you, you can't, you know, blow back on them basically. And so I just remember at the time my son's father was out in the car and I remember going out to the car and I cried in there. Like I cried because it was like, I didn't know, I didn't know how to act. I was alone. And then again, like I said, with so much stigma being surrounded around HIV, I felt like I couldn't tell anyone. So I felt like I just had to keep this secret. Um, but I did tell him and he was really nonchalant about it. And then I remember getting back to the home, back to the house at the end of the day and just laying down on the bed crying because I had just gotten his news and I didn't really know how to feel. And I remember him coming in and just basically telling me, you know, I couldn't cry. Um, I had basically, he was in school and if I was crying, I was going to be upset or basically depressed, he would have to drop out. And so it was best if I just didn't let this, you know, get the best of me. And so that's what I did. I like sucked it up. I told one friend and I just acted like nothing else was, you know, nothing was wrong. Nothing, no one else knew. And that just became my new normal. Wow. How long have you been positive? How long has been since you So I, I was, uh, got my, I tested positive in 2013. My son was not even one years old yet. I was 22 years old at the time. Oh, wow. 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 This, uh, um, you guys so like we said earlier Lexi has a podcast and she has an episode where she talked about and went in detail about her story and I've listened to the podcast already so I'm sitting here just kind of getting all emotional and upset all over again just sitting here you know listening to just listen to her story and how, you know, her son's father um, treated her because even if you don't have HIV, how many times has somebody has told you to like suck it up? You can't right. cry. You can't feel, you know, no matter what the situation is or or even if they didn't verbally say it their actions you know said that to you it, it gave mm -hmm. you the message of this is not something that i can cry over be upset about or be angry over you know i really have to just like deal with it and, and roll with the punches like i can relate to you on that just just from living in a household where the sexual abuse was normalized yeah. And it's like, it's so crazy now even thinking about how, um, how that, that was kind of like the start of me just starting to really just internalize all everything that I went through. Like I, I have this mindset now that I'm really trying to combat in therapy where I kind of think of, okay, well, this happened to me, but at least I'm still this like, okay, I have HIV, but at least I'm still alive. Or yes, he put a gun to my head, but at least he didn't kill me. Or like I just told you recently, I witnessed that shooting. Yes, I witnessed the shooting, but nothing personally happened to me. And so that was, it kind of, I feel like that has been kind of me silencing my own voice and it has not been healthy and since realizing that I've been trying to do better as I told you I'm trying to once I realized that I was suffering from PTSD from that shooting I started I made adjustments so that I can start working on myself 
And I think that is really key is finding when you know that you're triggered, first figuring out what your triggers are, but then knowing what to do when those triggers come about instead of trying to just continue to push through. Because I just really want everyone to know that it is okay not to be okay. Yes, it is okay not to be okay. I 100%, 100% agree. And, you know, and I applaud you for uh, acknowledging or just being aware that you had experienced a traumatic event, even though it indirectly, you know, affected you because you just witnessed it. You know, you guys, in my episode with Dr. Francis, I sat down and we talked about grief and trauma because 2020 was just a traumatic year. Even if you didn't lose your job, even if you didn't lose a family member, you know, to, to COVID, you still witnessed trauma. If you saw the video of George Floyd being murdered in the street, trauma. That's right. trauma. It, you know, if you turned then on you a Brianna Taylor, it's like oh, Brianna blow Taylor, after blow trauma. after blow. That's trauma. It doesn't have to like directly affect you to cause you some type of emotional and mental stress. So the fact that you you realized it was like, okay, I'm having a trigger. I need to sit down. I need to acknowledge the fact that I witnessed the shooting. Let's start there. Let me acknowledge the fact that I witnessed the shooting. So let me deal with this, unpack this, so it doesn't affect, you know, your your decisions and your actions later. Because, you know, you could have experienced, I think you mentioned it, um, like PTSD. Like, that's the thing. You don't have to go to war, you guys. You don't have to be in the military to suffer from PTSD. Mm -hmm. It's a real thing. And it's important to recognize our triggers whatever that trigger is and come up with a way to to cope and to recognize and acknowledge the triggers when they come up so you can know what to do and i want to give that that a, a term the when you said that you're you're experiencing trauma from other sources there's a term for that that is called vicarious trauma and so what that means is that we are taking on the trauma of things that are happening around us and especially for people in the black community that's even more evident because we are constantly experiencing trauma from like you said the police brutality and then we have to deal with you know losing iconic members and things like that we've dealt with so much in just this year alone and yes, I want Eric because I thought I was crazy, you know, feeling and like allowing these things that are these people that I don't even know to affect me and get me down. And I thought I really thought I was crazy until I learned that that is that's actually a thing. It's called vicarious trauma. Wow. I did not know that. See, this is why we have conversation. This is why you have conversations with amazing women. This is the reason why we need to talk to each other and share our stories, no matter how dark and how grim, how daunting we think our story is, because that right there is going to free somebody else. Cause somebody else is having these same thoughts, probably thinking they're crazy and not yeah. really understanding or realizing or knowing that no, no sis, no bro. That's a thing. Right. That's a name you're for that. traumatized. Yes. <laughs> Even if you don't know you're traumatized. Yes. I know. And that's exactly why I wanted to share it because I wanted to free somebody from that feeling that I was feeling because that added on to the anxiety and the depression and everything because it was like, why am I feeling this? You know, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And kudos to you for, for taking action and, and recognizing that you needed to do some self-care because mm -hmm. I think we, we can better. We're really understanding what self-care is, you guys, because Lexi taking that time off to, because, you know, we reschedule podcast episodes and everything so she can do what was necessary, you know, for her to, to work through her trigger that's what self-care is, is, is recognizing what it is that you need and then taking action and getting the help that you need to yeah. overcome whatever it is that you're going through. Like that's self-care. I'm mm -hmm. not knocking the meds and the patties. I I'm not knocking the body. They fun. It's fun. Mm -hmm. But real self-care takes some yes. work. Yes. And it ain't always pretty. <laughs> no, it's not it's not always pretty. Sometimes it has to get a little uglier before it gets before it gets prettier. But that's just a that's just a part of the process. Anybody who has gone through it, you guys, it's it's a part of the process. It doesn't miss anybody. I, I promise you, all our experiences are are similar in some way. So let's name action this. How were you able to not let your diagnosis define you and I really want people to listen to what it is that you have to say because so much happened in 2020 that we are holding on to it we're trying to ignore that it that it happened pretend like it didn't happen at all and it's literally going to define us in a negative way but you was able to take your diagnosis diagnosis and do something with it where it wasn't defining you how are you able to do that Honestly, the only thing that has helped me was finding out who God says I am. And it, it was so crazy because even, okay, when I was going through all of that, I wasn't at, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a Christian, I'll say, you know, I, I believe I knew there was a guy, but I, you know, I still had my doubts. And so going through that and trying to heal myself, like trying to figure, read self-help books and go, doing this and that, none of that was helping. And at the time I was going to church, but not really. And so it was one day I was in the church and I, I it was one day I remember this, God was pulling me to go. I did not want to go. I was giving, you know, I wanted to stay in bed. I was tired. I had every excuse, but God was pulling me to go. So I went. And so I'm sitting there and the like not even really paying attention and the pastor says something I believe the words were God's love is needed for a healthy self-worth and so that caught my attention right there and then just realizing that um there was a plan in all of that. And, you know, I had to do a lot of self-work. I had to get into therapy. I had to start reading the Bible on my own, getting, really getting to know who he called me to be. And the way I got to understand that is by learning three things, why he loved me, how he loved me, and what that love actually meant for my life. And knowing that everything that I had went through was for a reason. And that, that's really how I, I, I got to get to the point where I could no longer see myself just as my diagnosis, just as being someone quote unquote sick, is learning who he called me to be, learning that even though I went through this, he, it was meant for something. It was meant to free someone because out in the black community, especially, like I said, there's so much stigma. No one is talking about it. Black men, I believe, are about six times more likely to catch it than white men. Black women, I believe it's about 12 or 16. I can't remember the numbers exactly. More 
more likely to either to catch it than white women. And it's because we in the black, not saying that it's, it's not sp- spoken about in general, period, you know, but it is more acceptable in other communities than it is in the black community. Because when we think about it, it automatically goes to the um, men being gay and it's automatically this bad thing or you had to have been doing drugs. We look at it as if you or had to have, is- you had to have something to do with it. So it's your fault. Well, me, I was in a relationship with a man that I thought I was going to marry who, you know, I had a baby by and it still happened to me. And so I feel like having to unlearn so much about not only myself and, but about HIV and getting to know who God says I am and who, what God says this experience is for is what helped me. Oh, you guys, let me tell you something. You know, people ask me about my healing process all the time, right? And I'm always sharing. But when I started my healing process, I learned really quickly that I needed to get to know who Lakeisha is. Because who I thought I was up until that point was this victim of sexual abuse. So now that I'm out of this situation, it's time for me to discover, like, who am I outside of this? And in order for me to know who I was, I had to know who God is. Mm, yes. It, yeah. it, it, it took me right back to God. It took me to the church. Not even right back, because my mom, we, we didn't go to church growing up. My mm. grandmother, when I was little, I have memories of my, my maternal grandmother taking me to church, but my maternal grandmother um, passed when I was young. I was probably like six years old. And my mom didn't take us to church. Like my my husband <laughs> laughs at me because I tell him like we would get Easter outfits and then go outside and play. You know, most time people get Easter outfits. Yeah, at least go to church. <laughs> we went outside and play. You know, so we I didn't have that foundation, but I yes. had because all it takes is a much to see. It's all yes. it takes is for somebody to plant a seed. Yes. My grandmother planted that seed. And that was all that it needed, all that it took for it to to grow. Because once I started my healing process and I was just like, okay, well, let me get to know who I am. I had to know, I had to get to know God to really Mm -hmm. understand why I'm here, what my purpose is, and what am I to do? Like, what am I going to do with all this, God? Right. All this that comes with sexual abuse. He's the only one that can reveal it. He is the only one who can give you because... And at the end of the day, no matter if it's good, bad, or ugly, it all works out for some sort of purpose. We just have to be ready enough to actually face that trauma and then find out what it's for. Because it's for something. It, it, it's nothing. Nothing is in vain when it comes to God. Nothing is in vain when it comes to God. Nothing, you guys. Nothing is in vain when it comes to God. Some who was I listening to? I was listening to somebody. Was it a podcast? I don't remember. But they say God doesn't waste pain. Mm, he sure don't. <laughs> he doesn't waste pain. He's gonna he use that. He, he's gonna take that pain. He's gonna use it for for something. It's already it's it's already you know written into his plan. Your plan mm. your pain is already written into his plan. Yes. And you just gotta you know have faith in and. And, and lean on his strength. He's yes, because had I not figured that out, had I not figured out that it was for something, you know, 
I probably to this day would still be struggling. I probably to this day would not be in therapy, not really doing the things that I need to do to be the mom I need, to be the partner I need, you know, to be the business owner I need to be. I, if I hadn't come to that conclusion, I know for a fact I would still be stuck. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's let's dive into a little more because you talked about the reason why you share your story is because of the stigma that's around HIV. Because I really want to know why share that because you guys, I don't have to share the fact that I'm sexually I'm sexually abused. Lexi don't have to share the fact that she you know is HIV positive. We have experienced so much. I mean, she's a mom. You know, she could just talk about that. You know, I could talk about just being the first generation college student in my family. Like there's so much other stuff that we can talk about and share our story. Why that, Lexi? Why why the HIV positive status? There's a couple of different reasons. Number one was being the fact that people really look at this thing and think that there is no way, no how that you can be happy. And I came across that like literally scrolling through Facebook one day and somebody had made a status like um, something about HIV and how you can never be that you can't tell me that you can be happy a hundred really happy and be HIV positive and at the time I was still closeted I didn't you know I didn't say anything but just reading through the comments and seeing how misinformed people were about this disease or you know whatever you want to call it and it just kind of you know, it made me want to do something about it. And there's so much information about how you can catch it. You know, people think you can get it from toilet seats, doorknobs. No, like you can only get it through um, sexual, sexual penetration, really, anal or vaginal, and then or sharing needles. And then the thing that people really don't understand about HIV is once a person, um, say, for instance, like me, I found out as soon as I contracted it, they were able to tell from my, like, it was very soon, they could tell from my blood work that I had recently Mm -hmm. contracted the virus. And that's how I know, you know, who gave it to me and that it was him for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But once I got on my medicine, I became what we call undetectable. Okay. And undetectable means that basically there is so little virus, if any, in my bloodstream that I cannot pass it on to the next person. And so I felt like that is one thing that people, especially people like me, because when I I got diagnosed, I was alone. I had no one to turn to. And so I kind of wanted to be the voice of people who didn't have anyone else to turn to, who didn't know where to go, because I feel like that is one of the the worst things that not only are you dealing with this disease, then you have to deal with the mental health issues that are on top of that. And doing that alone is really, really dangerous. And so I just wanted to be that voice. I wanted to put an end to people feeling alone. I, I, that, that's something that's like a, a soft spot for me is people feeling alone as if they're alone in their struggles, because I know that they're not, I know that there is at least one other person out there that is struggling that you could, that could help that you could possibly help and can help you get to the next level. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. You guys, you know, Whatever it is for you, cross out HIV, cross out sexual abuse, and put in your thing. Because Lexi and I, we have experienced two completely different things, right? Two completely different traumatic experiences. 
but it, traumatic events, but our experiences are the same. Because when I was being sexually abused, I thought I felt alone. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh, this, this doesn't happen to nobody else but me, you right. know? And it wasn't until I got out and I started speaking that I realized that I'm not alone. Other kids are going through this, you know, even younger than what it than than I was. Because for me, I was eight years old when it started. You know, it's happening to kids younger than eight years old. It wasn't until I started speaking that I found out that little boys get sexually abused. I didn't even know that was a thing. I did not know. So whatever that is for you, whatever that thing is for you, cross out sexual abuse, cross cross out HIV, and understand that if you're feeling alone, do your research. Because you know, speak up, ask somebody, you know, talk to people so you can know that you're not alone. So you cannot be misinformed because like Lexi said, people are misinformed about, you know, HIV mm-hmm. and a diagnosis and how you can, how you can contract it and things like that. People make these, these negative comments and, and, and put their opinions out there for the world to see based off of miseducation because yeah. they're not doing the research that they're not you know um getting information for themselves or they just reacting off of how they feel and how they feel only understand why you're feeling the way that you feel because even going you know experiencing a a sexual assault there's all type of things that go through your head you know so me talking about it and you know going through therapy i learned that some of the thoughts that i was having natural like it's natural to to have normal if you will to to have those particular thoughts when you have experienced something like that you have to get out you you have to share and you have to to seek help so please don't get caught up in the conversation thinking oh i don't got to worry about it because i'm not hiv positive or oh i don't got to worry about it because i have i was sexually abused okay so what's your traumatic event Right. Like I said, we've all been through something and we all been through something. It doesn't have to be HIV. Like you said, it doesn't have to be anything in particular, but we know that you've been through something and we know that you talking about it, it could be freeing and that, that I wanted to show people that authenticity authenticity is because that that is what started bringing people to my podcast is me being open and transparent about what I had been through up until that point I literally was struggling I was struggling every day every week to try to figure out what I was talking about because I knew that God had already pulled you know placed that on my heart but I was trying to ignore it and I just want everyone to understand that because people think HIV is really the worst thing that you could possibly go through. And so I really wanted to take that and like, well, if y'all think that this is the worst, let me show you that you can still smile no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. 100%. I love that. So what about your new normal? What about adjusting to your new normal? Does self-awareness play a part in that? And, And the reason why I want to ask is because, you know, 2020 forced us into a new normal. Some mm-hmm. people are probably still fighting to get to that old normal, but they're going to realize that they need to stop fighting and go ahead and embrace this new normal. So how did, or if it, or if it affected self-awareness helped you to embrace your, your new normal, did self-awareness play a part in that? It definitely, definitely did. Again, like I said, trying to figure out and learning who I was played a huge part in me being able to accept it and also embrace it and embrace the power of testimony. You know, um, I just, and 
I believe the the key to helping me get in there was actually finding a therapist that also was faith based because she was able to bring what you know both things that I was struggling with into one. And so mm-hmm. I really feel like that had been the key to me stepping into who I was because she gave me not only scripture, she gave me tools and just she helped me realize that uh, really that I, she was helped me realize that the disease was just, it's just that it's just the disease, but it's not a definite, a definition. I'm sorry. But, and so, yes, I, I'm sorry. I'm getting off on a tangent, but yes, to answer your question, self-awareness, that definitely played a part in that. I love that. You know, my therapist, um, she's not faith-based, but she specializes in mindfulness and she's a Christian. So she's real good with, with busting out the Bible on, on your girl. And that's, <laughs> that's what I, that's what they I need. Get you together. Man, get, you together. get me all the way together. I'm like, okay, Charmaine. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't have to come for me like that. <laughs> Just calm down. <laughs> But, but that's how, you know, but, but that's what we need. That's exactly, that's exactly what we need. Because when we're in those, those little places, faith is usually the first thing that gets challenged, our faith, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you know, kind of mentioned it and hinted on that. Do you mind expounding on how your faith was challenged? I mean, like we, I, obviously, but <laughs> like I said, my faith, it was kind of there, kind of not at the time. And I know that my relationship with God was not strong at all because I allowed other people to influence it. So like, say for instance, with him, he wasn't really into church. He wasn't into God. You know, he believed that there was a God, but he believed everything else was a hoax and tithing this and tithing that. So I allowed really his views to kind of infiltrate me. And I just stopped giving, you know, I stopped putting in the work that I needed to do, you know, and then when I got the diagnosis, honestly, it was like, all oh, my faith went out the window. Since like, it was just, I couldn't, I couldn't even think about, I couldn't even think about God in a positive light. It, I was so angry with him. And I think, honestly, I had to be honest about that anger when I decided to get close to him. Because just like you, I wasn't, I didn't grow up in church. You know, my mom didn't take me to church. It was just, I remember going to church, you know, a couple of times with like friends. I even remember one time I had joined my friend's church and my mom told me I had joined a cult. And so, (laughs) and it was just like, but getting to know God on my own in the later years, actually making that decision, I think that is the best thing that anyone can do. You can grow up in church and you can, you know, you can have that relationship based on what you know or what other people, you know, you've seen growing up. But until you decide like, okay, I'm going to know God for myself, I don't feel like that's any good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, you know, once again, I can relate to you. I can relate to you on, on that as well, because I question whether or not it was a God too, because if it was a God, then why is he allowing me to, because I I even went so far as to think is to think, okay, did I do something wrong in another life? Is this my second life and I'm paying for the sins of my first life or the third life? Like what? We're thinking about like, what did I do to deserve this? Maybe, and that, that's what it was for me. Maybe I shouldn't have moved down to Florida. Maybe I shouldn't have, you know, because I had taken this guy back several times. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Maybe, you know, I kept beating myself 
up repeatedly because I was like, make, I had to have done something for God to allow this horrible thing to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and we have to get out of that mindset because at the end of the day, like I said, everything works out for your good. Everything works out for your good. And God uses that pain to shape you and to mold you in a sense to get you to be or get you to transform into who he needs you to be for the kingdom. Ooh, yes. Transfer into transform you into who you need to be in the kingdom. Yeah. I absolutely uh I absolutely love that. I love that you said that you had to get the anger out. You had to acknowledge the fact that you was angry with God mm-hmm. and and get it out. You know, Sarah Jakes Roberts, love Sarah Jakes. Yes. Love, love me some Sarah Jakes. She has uh, a sermon on on YouTube, but I don't remember the name of the sermon. You guys, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. So check the show notes because if, if I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. But in this particular sermon, she uh, she talked about how we need to get all our grievances against God out. Mm-hmm. Just let them know. We need to talk to them. It's not always about, you know, come to God with this perfect prayer. God mm-hmm. help me and bless me and do this. Like have a real conversation with God and let him know that you are angry. You are upset. You may. How could you? How can you allow X, Y, and Z? Get it out. Because what you're doing is you're getting all that negativity and that poison out of your system. Mm-hmm. So God can do the work that he needs to do in you so you can operate in kingdom. Yes. Kingdom I say it all the time on my podcast. Do not fake the funk with him. He no. already knows. He knows how you're feeling. And the thing about it is if you don't give it to him, if you don't explain how you feel, he can't do anything with it. He can't do anything with you because at the end of the day, you're going to be so sheltered and so closed off because of those negative feelings towards him that you're not going to allow him to work the way that he needs to. You're going to question every step. You're going to question his faith or what his plans are. And that that is counterproductive to what he needs. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I tell you when I was, you know, listening to this, this sermon, I was howling and and shouting in in my house because I needed to let some stuff out. I needed, you know, I had some grievances that I was holding on the inside that I needed to let out and let God know how I was feeling. And I felt so relieved afterwards because you guys just think about it. Your best friend wrongs you. Now you have this chip on your shoulder, right? You ain't said nothing to her. You being passive aggressive with her, you know? So she'll call you five times and you won't pick up the phone. Mm-hmm. Or she's seen you a text message and you nice, nasty in a text message because you haven't talked about or got out this grievance that's on the inside. So now it's infecting what you're doing, what you're saying, and it's blocking you from being able to see the blessings that are afforded to you and for you to be a blessing for someone else because mm-hmm. you are holding on to this thing to this grievance it's the same with god let it out let it out because i promise you he don't care (laughs) he don't care you mad he knows that you mad but he knows that there is a bigger picture at the end of the day you just gotta go with go to him and figure out what you need to do with it that's it absolutely we need to stop thinking that we have to be perfect when we come before god yes 
Yes, yes. He He loves you better when you're broken. (laughs) He he let him put the pieces together. You can't do it on your own. You can't. Mm -hmm. When God gets your broken pieces, he will create a masterpiece. Mm, 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 masterpiece that's the second that's the second time i've heard that word today because i've been recording ep- uh, podcast episodes today and the last uh, person i had conversation with he described us as masterpieces in god's eyes because that's what yeah. we are we are yeah. his he is the creator we are the creator we are his masterpieces yeah. and as soon as we know that understand what that means and believe it down on the inside, it's going to automatically manifest in your life. And I'm not just saying it's going to manifest a million dollars. It's going to manifest, you know, a Bentley or or a big house, you know, that, that does, that's not equivalent to happiness to everybody, you know, but it can manifest into, you know, you having a conversation with a young lady that saves her life. Yes. You know, so it, it, you guys, I don't even, I, I don't know how else to say it, but just to trust God. Trust him. And all it takes is a little bit, a little bit. I just got this. Um, I just had a Bible study the other day and we got it to this point that God can do more with your little than you can. And so we got into it, whether we're talking about money and tithing, whether we're talking about you spending just a little time with him in the morning, whether we're talking about you having just a little bit of faith, God can do so much more with your little than you can. And I, I, I felt that that freed me literally because I had been getting to this point where I'm feeling like because of the pandemic, I'm not being, I I wasn't doing what I needed to do with my ties or because I'm so frustrated and I'm so triggered and on high alert that I haven't been spending the time with him or, you know, I feel like I'm not doing enough. You know, I usually try to do 30 minutes to an hour and I could only get probably about five minutes of prayer in before my mind just starts going. And so that freed me to know that even that little bit was enough for him to do something with because mm, that's all he wants yeah. he, he doesn't he doesn't require he doesn't require much yes you know and he's he's not going to require more than what you can give because he's created you he know what you're capable of yes and yes. he's not going to require more than that you know uh again i i, I heard today doing podcast um conversations that you know god is not going to hold you responsible for somebody else's blessings he's only going to hold you responsible for what he's giving you yes that's it it. it. so do what you can with what it is that you have period all you have is all you need (laughs) all you have is all you need did y'all hear that pause (laughs) and rewind that and listen to that part again (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So yes. how's life for you and your son? How's life for you and your son? It is amazing. Um, even with the pandemic going on, I am now in a ha- health healthy and happy relationship, a stable relationship. He's doing well um, besides the virtual learning and all of that. Um, but it has just been amazing. He is God has just been blessing me like just back at back to back and I'm just ready. I'm just so excited for what he's about to do next. There's new business ventures, you know, there, there there's so much and there, there's just this feeling that he's about to move so 
big and so gracious in me and my son's life. But we, we right now, we are happy. We are healthy. We are provided for, we're protected. And I, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. You provided for it and you protected. I love that, and I love the fact that you are in a a, a stable relationship. That that warms my heart because I didn't know that part. So that <laughs> my heart. That warms my heart. But Lexi, be, before I let you go, because this was an amazing conversation, and I could talk to you all day long. Uh, but I want to be respectful, you know, be respectful of your time. But before I let you go, please let us know a book or Audible um, book because I'm addicted to Audible. Uh, that you have read or listened to that has, you know, inspired your life in some type of way? Definitely. I would say um, Joyce Meyer, Battlefield of the Mind. Um, that is the book that I first started, um, not, not even intentionally, um, but I started around the same time I really started digging deeper into my faith. And I recommend that book because it lets you know, first of all, that everything that you are dealing with, everything that, you know, that you're battling, all of that is in your mind. And it's the enemy trying to use that number one tool against you. And so I also love that book because it, it helped me realize that I have a lot more control than I give myself credit for. And I'm talking about control over my own thoughts. You know, I didn't have to let myself feel defeated. I didn't have to let myself, you know, let these feelings that I was feeling because of my HIV diagnosis. I didn't have to let those become me. I didn't have to let those, those thoughts or those, you know, those sayings of, that I heard other people saying about people with HIV. I didn't have to let that um, consume me. And it's this one part in the book that says, um, thinking about what you're thinking about. And at first I thought that was really, really crazy. Like thinking about what you're thinking about, but what it was saying is that you have to, you have to know, first of all, that number one, that that's the, a tool of the enemy. He will use your own, your own mind, things that you worried about, the things that you, you're, you feel guilty or shame about. He's going to use that against you. He knows that if he can get you to stop thinking of yourself as who God wants you to be, then he has you, he has you wrapped up and he has you in his clutches where he wants. And so we had, I had to understand that I had control over thinking about the negative stuff or the positive. It was in my control. I had the power to combat that negative thought with something powerful like scripture or anything like that so that I can know that the enemy wasn't in control. I was, God was in control. And so I definitely recommend that book because it, it lets you know that if you can get your mind right, if you can change your mindset about the things that you went through, the things that you experienced, and you can take them to God, that there is something powerful on the other side of that. Mm, I love that. Nobody has recommended a book by Joyce Myers yet on the podcast. So you guys definitely check the show notes and click on audible recommendations because I will put it, I will put it down. I'll put it down there. You know, when you was talking about the book, it, re it reminded me of an old saying that I would hear all the time, which is an idle mind. An idle mind is the devil's playground. People yes. say that 
you know, I will hear people say that all the time. And then another book popped up in my head that was really, really good, you guys. It's by Napoleon Hill. It's called Outwitting the Devil. That is a really good audible book. I have to write that one down. <laughs> you, you, have, you should. You should write it down because he is literally having an interview with the devil and the devil is giving off all of his secrets on how he trips us up. And our mindset. So People, what was the name of that one again? Uh, Napoleon Hills outwitting the devil. And our mindset is, is, is one way because he wants to keep us in this continuous loop of yes. doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like the enemy doesn't want you to progress. If he could just keep you stagnant in this one place, he got you. But it's, it's, a, it's a really good book. There's a song called Cycles. Um, I don't know. It's a gospel song. I can't think of the person, but he says that um, the devil know, learns from your mistakes, even if you won't. And that's how he keeps you in cycles. And I feel like if y'all just go listen to that song, because it, it definitely tells you about that. If you're not able to combat the things that are going on in your mind, the devil, the enemy is going to keep you going and going and going. And you're constantly going to be battling that same thing. And it's called cycles. Yes. Ooh, I'm going to have to find that. I'm gonna have to find when I find out um, the who sings it, I will send it to you. Yes, please do. Please do. Because I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to uh, listen to that. See, that's, you guys, y'all, did y'all hear the pattern? Mindset, cycles, devil learns from your mistakes when you don't. He keeps you in that same pattern, that same cycle. Mm. Messed up your mindset. It's a pattern. It's a pattern. So don't come into 2021 with that same, you know, scarcely defeated uh, mindset that you had in, in 2020. Like we really yeah. need to really need to work on that. And, and hopefully this conversation with, with Lexi sharing her story has helped you, um, has helped you in that regard. Yeah. So one final question. Uh, we're describing the meaning of living your truth. Complete this phrase. So tell me your third word when you hear these two words together self-awareness purpose and power Ooh, yes yes power yes because self-awareness you know leads to purpose and purpose gives you power yes. there's yes. so much power in your purpose yes. something something that i like to say all the time is that your pain is powerful it is powerful and it's not powerful in the way that a lot of us think in, in that negative aspect it's powerful because it can it, it's freeing it and I, it, that sounds crazy to say that your pain could free you but it's only if you learn from it if you 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 are intentional that's the thing being intentional about learning from that that thing that hurts you being intentional about learning how that pain can transform you into who god wanted you to be it's mm -hmm. all about that it's it, it's powerful yeah i love that that's good that's good and you're absolutely right because i'm my mind is going because i'm just sitting here thinking about all of the people who heard my story and i'm and i encourage them to move mm -hmm. to get help to speak up when they hadn't said things for years that's powerful yes Anytime you can get somebody to move Yes. And to do something that they're too afraid to do, that's power. It's power in that. There's yes. power in your pain. Have you ever heard 
no matter what you're going through, there is always someone who has it worse than you. By chance, were you thinking those exact words as you listen to my conversation with Lexi? I know that I've, you know, said those words or those words have run across my mind many a times throughout my life. And those words are just a reminder for me to just find gratitude, even in my worst situation. Those words are a reminder for me to know that nothing can surprise God. And there's a reason for everything. Those words remind me to look for the lesson to learn the tools that's needed for the next season of my life. And yes, I know going through trauma or a negative experience is painful, but pain is a part of life. And you can literally use it as a barometer for knowing where growth needs to happen. You can literally dictate how any situation you experience will have impact on your thoughts, impact on your dreams, and impact on your actions. It all starts with you. You making a decision to pursue the life that was designed specifically for you by embracing change. Everything comes down to choice. We all have a choice. Just like Lexi had a choice to either stay with her abusive ex or go back home where she, you know, has support or can get the support that she needed for her new season. But let's take it way left field for a second, just in case you're in a negative situation or, or having a negative experience or traumatic experience. Let's take it way left field for a second. And instead of going back home like Lexi did, what if you just left the country? Just completely left the United States of America to live in Thailand or Vietnam or maybe even Bali. Mexico would probably be good, right? Yeah, I mean, like, pack up all of your belongings and leave the United States of America or sell everything that you have to go live in another country so you can get the exposure that you need to operate in purpose or get up out of the situation that you're in, the environment that you're in, so you can have the mental space and peace that you need to operate in purpose. Yep. And guess what? We're going to talk about that next week. So really take a moment to really ponder on that thought. Have you ever had the thought that you needed to change your environment, whether that means picking up and moving to another city, another state, or even another country? If that has ever you know crossed your mind that you definitely want to come back next week because we're going to talk all about it family thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast every single week if you need support to overcome the curveballs that have knocked you off of your game then head on over to strategizeyourvision.com for more information also note that all audible recommendations given on any episode are linked in the show notes and you can try audible for free Please remember to leave a five-star rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And also don't forget to click the join community link that's in the show notes so we can stay connected. Family, as you know, I set a lofty goal to touch 1 million hearts within the next two years of the podcast. I can only do it with your help. So please remember to download each episode, share this conversation with at least four people you know, and repost on your favorite social media platform. 
Well, family, I appreciate you. My heart is filled with so much gratitude. And until next time, always remember that you are enough and your truth is beautiful.